0: This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them.
1: You're listening to Country Squire
0: Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Beau.
1: And I'm John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? <laughs> well, um... I, I'm I'm okay. I'm uh I'm I'm actually uh, how do I how do I say this? I'm uh, I'm sitting in my closet. <laughs> it's it's
0: one of those days.
1: I'm literally sitting in my closet at my home. <laughs> um yeah dude it's it's crazy. We were uh, supposed to um record today at the shop and uh, man things have just been uh you know truly nuts around the around the shop just with the Black Friday sales and uh business and all that kind of stuff and so. We were scrambling, hoping to uh, get folks out of uh, the area so that I could record a podcast and in peace and serenity uh, while smoking my pipe and talking <laughs> with one of my best friends. And uh, and uh-huh. instead, my uh, blessed staff, who is uh, at, uh, at the shop right now, uh, faithfully making mail orders, they were like, you know, it'd probably be best if, if you just did that from home. <laughs> Right,
0: right. Just get 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 out of here. We, no oh, man, <laughs> that's that, it. Yeah.
1: And so, uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm sitting sitting on my closet floor. Uh, my uh, my dog Penny uh, is is a few feet away, and um, luckily the the closets at our our new house are a little larger than the one at our old house. And so, um, yeah, I got got a little room to spread out. Got my little glass of water here, and surrounded by um you know my ratty uh, ratty suits and uh and and clothing, and yeah, man, just. Having a good time. <laughs> well, hey, listen. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The uh, recording from the closet is is
0: like that, that's a that's like a that's like a podcast classic right there. That's a classic move. So uh, nothing wrong with that.
1: I feel like that's a whole series that could happen recording from the closet, but that's a different podcast.
0: (laughs) No, honestly, that would be an entire network. I'm telling you, like the. I look, you laugh, but I mean the reality is, I've I've told people many a time that that record like when they when they I mean like right now I I pick up a ton (laughs) of echo where I'm at. I would be doing our listeners far better justice. By actually being in my closet uh, <laughs> where the coats can muffle the reverb, so your audio is probably better today than it ever has been. So oh, nothing to hilarious. apologize for there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey man, I know you man. said that uh, y'all, are, y'all are pretty swamped there. Um, you know what what uh, what what has the response to uh, the the Black Friday and Small Business Sunday and Cyber Monday and Quarantine yeah. quarantine Day? I don't
1: know what has it all been like this year. And Pearl Harbor Day and everything else. Yeah, no, it's been Goodness, it's been yeah. great, man. We're very. Uh yeah, really thankful. It's been a lot of fun. So, um yeah, you know what what's unfortunate on um you know last week was Thanksgiving as we're uh recording today December 1st uh, 2020 in the year of our Lord. Last week was Thanksgiving and um man, I got food poisoning on Thanksgiving day. Oh, and, no. Way, um, it was dude. awful. It was the good yeah. thing is like, you know, by you know by the lord's grace i i i didn't get sick until the very end of the day we had a fantastic day everything mm. was delicious lots of good you know company and all this kind of stuff and you know good good wine and you know took a nap it was it was just it was a great day and then uh and then i got really really sick and you know i don't have you ever had food poisoning Bo?
0: i mean not not in any kind of like violent way or anything yeah, like that yeah
1: it, it, it was violent <laughs> <laughs> it's like your body <laughs> you know, your body is um, determined. It's like, okay, wait, something's wrong. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get rid of everything in just order to protect myself. Right. Like it, nothing is sacred. Like it's just, everything's gone. And so down to the last little kernel, it's <laughs> just all gone. And, uh, man, it was a, it was a rough few days. So, uh, man, you know what's what's crazy? I couldn't be at work on on Black Friday. Couldn't be at work on Small Business Saturday. Uh, yesterday was only the second day uh, that I could actually get down some, um, you know, solid foods and stuff like that. Just really, you know, tender stomach and all that for the last several days. But um, man, what's been painful is a, a couple things. I have been able to smoke my pipe. Like I, I have not smoked a pipe in days. I mean, literally since, well, sure, since yeah. Thanksgiving day. And so, uh, that's actually been hard. Like I've, it's it harder than, uh, normal. The, the last time I took several days off, just, uh, man, hadn't, hadn't been smoking it. And, uh, and it's just kind of, you know, uh, been, been struggling with the temptation there. A lot of tobaccos that i have been wanting to try and, um, you know, just the rhythms of that. And so, uh, so that's, that's been kind of tough. My, my, I just feel like my uh, loins are not up to the job quite yet. (laughs) So, Right. um, right. you know, so that's one thing, but, you know, it, it, it is amazing. I'll just say as an aside, the first thing that went through my mind when I got, you know, had this illness is that I might have coronavirus, you know, and, and so you're sick and you're violently, uh, you know, throwing up and, and otherwise, and it's like, man, this could, uh, I might actually have, uh, have the coronavirus. And, um, you know, I went and got tested and, you know, it became back negative and all that, you know, and that that was very positive. But, you know, I had this flashes through my mind, man, I might have to shut my shop down for 14 mm-hmm. days in quarantine. Yeah. and quarantine and that during the busiest part of the of the year and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, the emotional toil it took just, you know, kind of working through that and and uh, the terror of, you know, waiting on the doctor to come in and and uh, give me the verdict of, you know, if my business is going to go on for the next two weeks kind of thing. <laughs> it Good was, uh, yeah, it was pretty tough, man. Pretty, pretty tough, uh, pretty tough week there. So anyway, we're, we're bouncing back. I'm, I'm hoping I'll be able to uh, stomach a little smoke here in the next day or two. I'm kind of easing back into it because. I'm still a little tender, so we're uh, we're getting there. <laughs> You're
0: getting there. All right. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad, uh, man. It's that's a rough Thanksgiving. We we, did, had it was a, we had a yeah, kind of rough.
1: Yeah, it's kind of rough. What did y'all do? Hopefully, it was uh, cheerier.
0: <laughs> oh, it was it was far better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we we did it kind of in phases this year. Uh, on Tuesday, we did kind of a little bit of a, a pseudo traditional Thanksgiving meal where we actually um we actually did duck instead of instead of turkey just because obviously it's just oh, that's nice. Yeah, wife and the kids and uh, yeah, smaller smaller group. Therefore, a smaller meal, and yeah. Uh, so we did that. But the big thing was on Thanksgiving uh, Day, or, I guess technically Wednesday afternoon or, or Wednesday morning, we surprised the girls by telling them that afternoon we were going to go down to the coast. And so we took them down to uh, the Surfside Beach here in uh, in yeah. Texas, just about an hour and a half away from the house. And uh, we went down there for a few days, and man, it was awesome. We just had the best time. Uh, the water was freezing cold, but the kids didn't care. And so they went swimming anyway. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it was, it was real nice. It was just us. Uh, you know, we, we, we did, we did very well on the social distancing. There weren't too many people there or anything like that. And uh, you know, there's this one spot of beach that not very many people know about that my wife and I found last time we were there. And so we were able to, to kind of grab that and, uh, set up shop there with my fishing poles. And, and it was, it was wonderful, man. we Caught a whole mess of fish. I think in, in total I caught uh, 12 fish. Uh, tossed like two of them
1: back and, and we fried up all the rest. And man, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Wow. That's great, man. I'm so, I mean, it's un, untraditional, not orthodox. You know, Thanksgiving weekend, just a lot of fun. Still, you know, kind of finding those, uh, you know, good fishing holes there around your local area and um, man, that's great. I'm glad. It sounds like, a, it sounds like the kids had fun too.
0: Yeah. There, there's something nice about kind of, you know, bumping tradition a little bit, trying like, this is the year to try something new. Like that's, that's kind of helped. <laughs> I think just like on a psychological level, like it's helped me like, you know what? No, let's, let's look at this holiday season, like not for what it's not going to be, but for what it could be. And like, like, let's, let's like try the things and do the, the holiday traditions that in the back of your head you always wanted to do, or like the, maybe there's things you hate, Like if you're somebody that hates turkey, and there there are people out there that hate turkey. Like this was the year to not do turkey for Thanksgiving. Like like let's get a Domino's pizza for Thanksgiving, (laughs) you know, like because you want to. So why not? Like this is the year to do it. So I'm (laughs) I'm curious to see how uh, this this mindset if I'm able to kind of maintain this through uh, through the Christmas season as well. I've got uh, I will say that uh, that duck was so good, and you know cooking those like gamey, fatty like uh, like you know poultry dishes. It really got me excited and, and maybe a little overconfident. So this Christmas, yeah. I think I might be trying a Christmas goose, which I've never Christmas done before. Christmas
1: goose. So. <laughs> I I there's had. a lot of folks that, uh, you know, shun the turkey for Christmas and go for duck or lamb or something like that. It could be a lot of fun. Yeah, we've always done roast for Christmas. But and, and you know,
0: I, last year I even did a, um, oh gosh, what's that? Beef Wellington, which was incredible.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, that's fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it turned out amazing too, and I, I was excited to do it this year. But I don't know. I think I might try goose this year. We'll just we'll have to kind of see where it all okay, okay. where it all comes together. That's fair. but man, one thing's for sure. I uh, I'm 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 excited to have you on on uh, you know <laughs> excited to get you on on the call to to, to see how you're doing because <laughs> I know it's just been crazy for you with everything going on. Uh, but I'm stoked for this episode, and of course, this episode would not be made possible without the support of our amazing patrons and uh, those that are members of the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. Uh, man, we've got two brand new patrons who uh, have joined up to uh, to help out the show. We got to give them a shout out, uh, Tom Hodgson and Kenny uh, Simonian. Simonian? Simeon? Simonian. Kenny. That's right. Tom and Kenny. <laughs> man, thank y'all so much for uh, for your support of the show, becoming patrons. And hey, if you'd like to help support the show, head over to patreoncom slash radio, where you can do it there. Well, man, we have got a hero of the bowl that I think it, there there are, if if ever there was a hero of the bowl with Mississippi ties, how do, how do I even say this? Like, I don't I don't know, man. I feel like John David Cole would be a hero of the bowl with Mississippi ties now that I think <laughs> about it. So I, I can't say that he's like the only one. In fact, there's several uh, famous pipe smokers from Mississippi who have graced the doors of the country squire and beyond. Uh, but, but this is an individual who is uh, very much associated with Mississippi and very much associated with the pipe. And, of course, today our hero of the bowl that we're going to be talking about is Mr. William Faulkner.
1: Yeah, man, that's right. It, it, it's funny. I, it, first of all, I'd like to clarify, I would never be associated with the hero of the bowl. I, would be, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe I, a court jester of the bowl or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, you know, an entertaining, uh, you know, just sideshow of the bowl. But, uh, man, yeah, William William Faulkner today, um, you know, hero of the bowl. This is um, obviously a very, very famous individual who, um, you know, lived in the early 20th century and, uh, you know, wrote some uh, of the best uh, English language novels and, and short stories of all time. And, um, and, and native Mississippian and, and, and uh, first and foremost, of course, Pipe Smoker, uh, someone we've talked about uh, around the periphery. Uh, here and there, but um, you know, not someone we've really dived into as far as a uh, kind of an expose on their life and work and tobacco interests and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, uh, overdue. I mean, I you know to to be honest, uh, we've done this uh, for you know a long time now, and this is uh, one of our older series that we've uh, had on Country Square Radio. And um, yeah, man, overdue talking about William Faulkner. He's a a complicated person, someone that. You know, uh, obviously was uh, very influential in, uh, in, in American literature, Southern literature, and also a, uh, someone who was often uh, photographed uh, with his pipe. And, of course, that was a big part of his pensive time while he was uh, working on his, on his novels and, and things like that. And um, so anyway, a lot of, lot of fun, man. William Faulkner, uh, you know, it, it, obviously an American writer, an uh, essayist. Uh, he wrote uh, even short stories and screenplays. Uh, poetry and, um, and just a just a very versatile person and Nobel laureate. A lot of folks don't know he was actually a, a Nobel laureate as well as a uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author. And so he um, born in ni- 1897. Didn't really get started in his writing career until around 1920 um, when he uh, wrote some of his first works and things started to uh, take off there. But um, you know, very, um, you know, interesting uh, life and, and very in tune with agrarian rural Mississippi, uh, kind of a sophisticated family coming up and, um, you know, someone that wanted to, um, you know, kind of break into that more sophisticated class, just, to, you know, interesting folks. Um, he's from a little town in North Mississippi that I that I don't like to talk about much. You know, there's a reason I don't like to talk about it very much, and that's because a university that I'm not very fond of is there, and that's Ole Miss. <laughs> wow. And, wow. Uh, okay. Man. Okay. I see what just happened there. Wow. Yeah, okay. You know, it's okay. I, I will. You know, I, I have to give them credit. They won the Egg Bowl this past weekend, so against <laughs> against my alma mater, Mississippi State. So I can right. Uh, right I, I can right, be right. honest about my feelings, and, and then you know turn around and congratulate them on a, on a football win, but yeah, man. It, uh, you know Faulkner hailing from Oxford, there, uh, very uh, small town. Wait, hang
0: on, hang on, Rich, real quick, real quick, because I mean, I think we need to lean in even further here, because yeah. as, you know the, there is, of course, the rivalry factor there. Yeah. Um, but but beyond just the football element, I mean, the fact that we are talking about you know Oxford, and Ole Miss, and 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 well, Oxford specifically, uh, you know, Oxford is very proud of Faulkner. To say the least, right? Yeah, like, yeah that's like, true. This is like <laughs> if if there was a patron saint of Oxford, or if there was, uh, let's say, a competition for the patron saint of Oxford, Faulkner would be high on up there. Is that safe yeah. to say?
1: Yeah, I I, okay. I can't imagine him be, not being number one. If you know, he, he'd certainly be in the top three.
0: <laughs> right. So you know. So when you when you talk about you know, all right. So let's 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 hold that thought. Right. Okay. So there's that. When you think about, let's say, patron saints of literature when it comes to the entire state of Mississippi, uh, or, or, you know, let's even go, let's, let's, maybe that's, maybe that's too strong. Let's say, let's say like a Mount Rushmore, like we were saying the other day, right? Like, like, let's say there was a Mount Rushmore of literature and authors from Mississippi. Is it safe to, I mean, you know, you do Welty, you got to get some great names that would be up there. Faulkner would definitely be one. Is this correct? Oh yeah, of course. So, Oxford Where are you going? is like home. This? <laughs> Oxford Mississippi. I just I just want to like really really lean in here. So, Oxford <laughs> Mississippi is home to one of Mississippi's like like all-time greatest authors to to like 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 known worldwide and internationally too. In many yeah. respects, Faulkner is like yeah. a he is a he is a kind of a um a reason why people come to Mississippi. Now, I know that listeners of this show think it's just for their their pipe pilgrimages. That's why people come to Mississippi. But no, there are readers from all over the world that travel to Oxford, Mississippi (laughs) because of William Faulkner. So anyway, I just... (laughs)
1: I, I'm kind of getting. You want to sick glaze again. over this? Like fact. I kind of, no, no, no. I've had I've had food poisoning for the past several days, and like I I just keep hearing this ringing thing in my ear. That's kind of uh-huh. it's it's kind of making me a little ill, queasy feeling. You know, I, I don't know. It's almost like when you smoke too much and and get a little bit of that nicotine poisoning, and then you know right, maybe right, you did right, eat a bad right. piece of turkey, and then uh, yeah, sure, eat, sure, your yeah. a football game didn't go your way that you don't want to talk about, and 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 one of your best friends keeps uh, bringing up a, a ge- <laughs> geographical area that you're not. Not particularly crazy about it. Just, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, I, I'm not feeling great, so we may have to cut this uh, discussion short. <laughs> no, no, come on, man. Look, no, like it's, I'm a, it's, a good sport. it's one of those I'm things you've got to lean in on. No, of course, absolutely. You know, uh, Oxford is a, it, it is a beautiful town, it's a, it's a small town in North Mississippi and um, close to Memphis. It, it has kind of a, a high society uh, feel to it. It's very, a very uh, literary uh, kind of society. There's some uh, you know, uh, kind of government. Uh, entities and and offices that are located up there, that for a small town in a, in a rural state like Mississippi, it kind of attracts a uh, just a more cosmopolitan kind of feel. And so um, that goes back actually a long way, uh, you know, even to the late 19th century. When William Faulkner came around, you know, there was kind of this, uh, you know, uh, culture of, uh, you know, literary uh, haughtiness that was kind of around the the university there. And Faulkner was, uh, you know, very much in that and and contributed to it. And, of course, like you said, is uh, is probably one of the uh, most famous people from our from our state. And so, um, yeah, very, very fascinating, you know, as he went on to influence greatly Southern literature Um, But, um, you know, also American literature in general uh, as that Pulitzer Prize winning author and and Nobel laureate. So actually the only Nobel laureate from our state, uh, actually, which is kind of kind of interesting. Yeah. So throughout the 1920s and 30s, Faulkner did everything he could to get out of that little town in North Mississippi, but 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 loved it so much that he stayed there and uh, (laughs) he reached his peak, uh, you know, there around. Um, you know, the the 1930s. And really when his work became incredibly popular was towards the late 1940s when uh, an anthology was um, published about uh, his work and it was just kind of easy to access. And so uh, folks were able to, you know, digest his literature very uh, readily. And then, of course, in 1949, he won the Nobel Prize in, in literature. So, um, and just a, an interesting character, Bo. Have you read much Faulkner? That, that, you know, it's one thing to know about William Faulkner. It's one thing to appreciate William Faulkner, but it's a different thing to meet someone that's actually read William Faulkner. Have you have you interacted with any of his work?
0: Well, I mean, like as as any good Mississippian, I I, I was forced to <laughs> in, <laughs> in high school. I know. Uh, but in terms of like, have I like chosen to do so on my own? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I
1: know that's not the case because no one really does that anymore. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? I mean, like one of the things that you learn early on, and I mean, especially as a dyslexic in high school, yeah. is like William Faulkner is not going to be kind. He's to me. not going like, to be he, kind to you. No. Well, he's going to take a gajillion words to get out like a single thought. Well, you know? <laughs> and and not only
1: that, what he was so uh, kind of infamous for, and and still is with. Uh, Uh, poor high school students that have to deal with his work is, uh, you know, these three page long sentences with no punctuation and stream of thought of a, uh, you know, a seven year old, uh, you know, mentally handicapped individual and thinking about their, uh, you know, experience and trying to process the Uh, You know the the reality that they're experiencing, whether it's uh, you know walking through a field or talking to a uh, an awkward person or whatever it is, and just uh, literally, I mean, these you know page after page of of no punctuation, italic print, uh, just intense. And of course, it's very uh, intentional. You know how he does that. The idea is to get you in that uh, that mindset of wow, this is someone that uh, is is experiencing a very uh, very emotional, very twisted uh kind of reality and he wants you there in the middle of it. It's uh it's right. it's it's beautiful, it's hard, it's it's sad uh and it's uh and and it's um and it's difficult to read. It's difficult to read. Uh it really really is. Um it, it's kind of interesting, you know, Faulkner um was not one of the best students, and and actually uh, was known to skip class there. Uh, through throughout school, he actually got a D in English, which is kind of funny, uh, and that oh, might wow. be why some of the uh, uh, some of the punctuation is uh, is missing there from his uh, <laughs> <laughs> from his um, you know work. But um, it, you know, it, it just an interesting person. You know, spent uh, a lot of time in New Orleans, and uh, you know was well traveled and, and connected. Uh, Went to the University of Mississippi and um, and and got his degree there and then, uh, you know, went on uh, later to uh, to wed and really was committed, though, to to, you know, keeping his life there uh, in Mississippi, although he was a resident writer in residence at the University of uh, Virginia at Charlottesville uh, in the uh, in the late 1950s. So, um, man, interesting character, the the kind of uh, genre, I guess, that he um, did most, you know, it was a Southern Gothic uh, kind of genre. It was this kind of d- dark, uh, rich, very uh, hypersensitive, emotional, uh, you know, uh, tragic, um, you know, uh, thoughts and, and stories that uh, just he wanted to tell you know Faulkner had a quote he said you know you that we've mentioned multiple times on the show. I think we even said it last time on the show uh, last right. week. But you know you, you to understand the world you have to understand a place like Mississippi and um there's so much brokenness and hurt and and pain and injustice. But then uh but but sincere true. Beauty and humanity and and mm-hmm. grace and tenderness and it's just this weird amalgam that um, that does kind of encapsulate a a, a fallen but uh, redeemable world. You know, it's kind of kind of interesting and and that that is in some ways the story of our state. Um, it, it's uh, it's fascinating. So in some in some ways, Faulkner's work it is beautiful. It, it is it is uh, sad. It is kind of evokes a lot of emotion, but it also very much is. Uh, you know, a a good portrait of, of kind of, kind of where we live, you know, and that's, uh, it's interesting.
0: Yeah. And of course there's, there's a reason for that, right? There's a reason why his stories are so accurate, painfully accurate at times, be, 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 you know, presented as fiction in many, many respects, a lot of these were, I don't want to say plagiarized, but let's just say like heavily inspired by people that he either knew. Oh yeah. Or the journals of people that he knew. Uh, which is interesting doing some research kind of in preparation for this, you know, I, you know, having to step away from the being forced to write, you know, for, for English literature, you know, uh, (laughs) about, about father and really just look at him as a, as a man and as, you know, ultimately a pipe smoker. Like one of the things that I found very very fascinating that I never really focused on before or even knew was just how much like people were like oh they you know like the local community would read his books and be like well that's that's Sally like w- we know who this person is <laughs> like it's, or, or, or even worse John like 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 this is me yeah this is me right
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly man he, he had uh, you know basically a lot of primary sources to pull from and um, a lot of his stories were set in uh, in this this fictitious county that he created uh it's i'm I'm gonna try to say this dink dink
0: yeah it's fictitious right it it,
1: (laughs) is right it's uh it it, he called it uh uh yakni county yak 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 that one y-o-k-n-a-p-a-t-a-w-p-h-a county uh mississippi a fictional county in mississippi but um a place where he could kind of uh, developed this uh, culture and set of characters that were based on his local uh, area there in North Mississippi and his uh, personal experience in that area and uh, a lot of the characters that he uh, you know would would know and think about throughout his own life. Uh, Faulkner referred to it often as the apocryphal county. It was the a county that you know maybe uh, wasn't really there, but but kind of should be, you know. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and really, really interesting. So. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, just a, a fascinating character in his own right, though, um, you know, a, a, a thoughtful person, someone that wanted to uh, bring the story of uh, the the broken but interesting South uh, to the world. And, uh, you know, but also was was proud to be from where he was from and, um, you know, was very uh, involved in, in that area, just very. Um, very uh, committed to, uh, to you know, developing that area and that type of thing. I uh, grew up in a, you know, a post-Civil War uh, environment, a uh, place, obviously, where uh, there was still a lot of brokenness and, uh, you know, different influences there. But, um, you know, Faulkner was, was someone who uh, you know, had traveled and and uh, it, it become more sophisticated and and obviously was intent on bringing some of that uh, back home and so uh, and and really with the you know brokenness in some of his writing was um uh, you know was uh, able to you know portray uh, the sense of of uh, heartache but also hope that. Uh, exists in some of these areas, so uh, just a lot of richness there. Kind of interesting. Um, it, there was a place in uh, uh, New Orleans that he spent his time, right there across from uh, the cathedral at St. Louis uh, Cathedral in Jackson Square. And do you know the name of this place where Faulkner actually spent? Uh, a summer and and wrote some of his work. Do you know the name of this place, Bo?
0: So at the I don't know what it was at the time, but I do know that like it has since been called like the Faulkner
1: Library. It, it they have a a thing there now called the Faulkner Library, but uh it's it's a six it, it is six twenty-four Pirates Alley. Uh Pirates, oh, on Pirates Alley, Alley. That's yeah, right. it's right
0: off of Pirates Alley. And uh right.
1: and, and so Pirates Alley has this kind of uh, you know th- there is the Faulkner House books there and you know, and and so they try to pay homage to it, but there is kind of this real connection with the author, and uh, you know some of the interesting tales that were weaved, the darkness of that uh, that area, and and some of his uh, uh, work. Faulkner kind of has this tie there. We actually for a long time had a tobacco at the Country Squire named Pirates Alley uh, mm-hmm. in his honor, uh, Virginia Parite tobacco, and and one of our most popular blends. We had it for decades, and uh, hope to bring that back at some point, but. Um, anyway, just a, a fascinating figure, uh, you know, went on again to write, uh, you know, his, his best-selling works, The uh, Sound and the Fury, Absalom, Absalom, As I Lie Dying, uh, Light and August. I mean, these were works that are all listed in the hundred uh, best English language novels of the of the 20th century. Uh, Sound and the Fury uh, on most lists tops around, uh, you know, certainly around top 10, but somewhere around the top five, which is, uh, you know, pretty significant and significant. Um, you know, it just it very uh, accomplished. And then, of course, eventually was awarded uh, the Nobel Prize for uh, for literature. So just a fascinating figure.
0: You know, you can you can actually find, you know, old, old, old video footage and, and recordings of some of his speeches. And, um, you know, it, it's it's so weird to hear his voice. And, and it is kind of a voice of a bygone era. And it, it's odd to hear. Man, how do I say this? Like, I, as, as someone who has done in, you know, who has spent a good amount of t- his time in audio editing and audio archival digging, uh, it it's rare to hear that level of accent and be able to ascribe it with the level of respect that one does with Faulkner. <laughs> like, I I, I I tried to say that as best I could with with as much respect, because obviously that's that's our Mississippi accent. That's, no, that's- that, that that's. That's that Mississippi accent that has a certain sound to it that is of a certain, era. you know, like it's it. There's a generational Mississippi accent, right? Like if you talk to most folks these days, you know, they're gonna have a certain accent as well. But what I'm saying is, if you have that, like you can, like it's not just a Mississippi accent. There's a generational aspect to That's even right. the Mississippi accent. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it, it's yeah.
1: interesting. Uh, even at our uh, little Anglican church that we go to, there's, you know, we have this older generation of uh, folks that, uh, you know, every time I get to interact with them, it's so fun because they have that uh, flourishy, non, right. uh, non-rotic. Uh, 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 you know, verbiage where they're uh, kind of uh, treating the letter R very softly, you know, and so you hear a, <laughs> a lot of the uh, a lot of the words another uh, southern uh right, culture, right, yeah. you know. <laughs> I love uh, when one of them in particular prays. She's like, "I just I ask the Lord to bless us." <laughs> right, and you just don't hear folks in our age group talk like that. It's kind of interesting, exactly. Even though, and even uh, that
0: one's like our grandparents, yeah. right? Like that's that's no, the, that's the right. grandparents' uh, age, and so like the the other. One like the one that Faulkner is kind of the generation prior to that, even before
1: that. That's right.
0: Yeah, Yeah. honestly, now this is making me want to do an entire podcast study on like the Mississippi accent over the years (laughs) and how it's
1: changed. (laughs) Well, and that's like I think that goes for a lot of places in the South and probably elsewhere too, but. Um. Yeah. One one thing, of course, Faulkner did uh have a a varied lifestyle, known for um. You know, he wasn't. Uh, um. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned church, but he wasn't known as a uh, an altar boy kind of thing. <laughs> uh, sure. You know, had sure. Had several yeah. affairs in his life and uh, developed quite a uh, dramatic drinking problem that uh, frankly was uh, you know incredibly uh, amazing that he was able to accomplish so much uh, and still uh, you know hitting the bottle pretty hard so. Um, Did he popularize that? Because, I mean, I think, you know,
0: authors are often known for their alcoholism. <laughs> well,
1: it, you know, there is a sense in which it, you know, the, the brokenness even of the author comes through and um, right, influences yeah. uh, writings. I think you see that in a lot of creatives. And um, it's, it's someone channeling their own, uh, their own story into their work. And, and I'm sure Faulkner was no different. Of course, we would uh, be remiss if we didn't talk about Faulkner's pipe smoking.
0: Well, that's what it's all about.
1: Faulkner, of course, is uh, one of the most famous pipe smokers in the United States history and committed pipe smoker. He was not uh, not a dandy that only appeared with his pipe, uh, you know, for photos and things of that nature. He was uh, someone that that uh, you know he smoked a pipe. He was he was a daily in and out pipe smoker, and um, you know, often seen with a straight billiard. Uh, occasionally a bent pipe, but generally that straight billiard with that uh, very uh, famous white speckle on the on the top of the stem there. The Dunhills, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he loved uh, loved those smooth finished pipes, and didn't talk about uh, you know he didn't he not someone that wrote a lot of poems about what pipe he you know tobacco he smoked and all this kind of stuff, but was was very fond of uh, of Dunhill products and particularly nine six five that. You know, was found. They the the story was they found so many empty tins of nine six five there at his residence Rowan Oak after he passed away that they had trouble figuring out what to do with them. But he would give them to you know the little kids that would come visit as little presents you know and they'd play (laughs) with them or put their little treasures in them. And I I I think to myself like I'd like my own kids to have that. You know, I'd like my own kids like Mm. when they visit their friends and everyone's pulling out like their you know their toys or whatever. Like my kids are going to be the ones with you know or like golden slice tins that are empty Full of their little Legos and stuff, you know, or their rock collection.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Well, oh, listen, man. We we play poker a lot whenever uh, you know whenever we're out and about, and I I always bring the poker chips along in a Frogmorton town. Yeah,
1: no, that's right, that's right. I, I just I love the the feeling of that. You know, it's uh, uh, this sense in which you know he he's it really is a part of his fabric to the point where uh you know the the office that he that his uh, typewriter still sits in just has that stink of uh, you have English blend that still kind of permeates the walls and things of that nature. So, um, you know, the, the reality of it is, is certainly there, but, um, yeah, Faulkner, he, he did, he did like his pipe, not, not to say he wasn't a peacock about it. He, he did like to reach for his pipe when taking photos and, um, you know, of course, oh, was, time, yeah. um, you, you know, what was very uh, aware and conscious of his, uh, uh, you know, image and things of that nature as any any celebrity would be, but um, yeah, you know, it, it, someone that that was a committed pipe smoker liked an English blend, uh, liked a complex blend, uh, and um, and and someone, of course, that that smoked a fine pipe in in that of a Dunhill in rural Mississippi at the time. Uh, you know, you weren't going to find products like this, so a lot of mail order. Uh, You know, he'd pick these things up when he was out of town, maybe up the road in Memphis, which is um, nowadays about 45 minutes away from where he lived. But, you know, back then was was a much longer track. And so, um, you know, it's just uh, um, it just just interesting, you know, his connection to that, uh, you know, probably picked up pipe smoking as a as a young chap and uh, it developed into a more sophisticated thing as he. Uh, went along and um, and you know it, it probably very much the same evolution as his writing and and the rest of his life. But um, yeah, man, fascinating figure. Someone that uh, has a lot of you know works obviously in the uh, in the top list of the 20th century. But uh, someone that's hard to read. Someone that. Uh, you know, is is difficult to get through sometimes because of uh, his writing style, but uh, but 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 someone also that really in some ways defines a genre, particularly the mm-hmm. that Southern Gothic dark, uh, you know, realism, the you know, kind of. Uh, moodiness that, uh, you know, it's almost like a Southern version of H.P. Lovecraft, which we talked about recently, Mm -hmm. Um, you you know, just this kind of dark, twisted murkiness that, uh, uh, you know, is trying to, you know, get to the root of some really uh, intense emotions and things of this nature. So uh, it can be hard to get through, but uh, but pretty rewarding and uh, certainly canon for, for for, you know, fans of Southern literature. So anyway, William Faulkner pipe smoker.
0: Faulkner, I mean, I think it's safe to say just his name appears from time to time on various blends you might find around the South. Is that is that fair? Yeah, it is, of course. It's not even just the South, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you see his name occasionally referenced at uh, different places. Uh, we have a uh, flake tobacco at our shop that's actually manufactured for us by uh, Sutliff that, uh, that we refer to as Faulkner Flake. Um, and, uh, you know, just a, a Kind of a homage to him. Uh, a lot of folks, you know, figure because we're an older shop that Faulkner actually shopped at our at our store. But uh, Faulkner actually passed away before the Country Squire opened. Um, and so that was that was not the case. But, um, you know, it, certainly a lot of folks, when they do think of uh, writers, they think of pipe smokers. And and, of course, one of the first ones that comes up is uh, is William Faulkner.
0: It, do you all ever have anybody or have you ever had anybody come by the shop making that like, oh, we're, we're here for on our Faulkner tour? That, and
1: <laughs> yes, I, I have, as a matter of fact. Yeah, a lot of folks, wow. uh, you know, they come to Mississippi to study, uh, you know, uh, writers or maybe blues musicians. There's a lot of folks that come mm-hmm. from out of state to to you know go to these blues, famous blues, historic sites and things like that. This is a real uh, hotbed for that that style of music and of course uh, southern literature uh, as well. And so you know they'll they'll fly into Jackson and they'll kind of do their tour of the Delta and North Mississippi and go into the Pine Belt some. And uh, and these guys a lot of times they'll come through. Uh, looking for that type of thing. And they'll say, oh, a pipe shop. Well, Faulkner smoked a pipe. And so, uh, you know, we point them to to the few little uh, cans of uh, what is now Peterson 965 that we have over there. But (laughs) anyway, um, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting, man. Yeah, it's a a fascinating culture uh, around that.
0: That's great, man. Well, hey, you know, one of the great things about kind of exploring these uh, kind of the, the history of these various pipe smokers is, unpacking not just, you know, what it was they smoked, but what their influence was beyond the culture that exists within our own, you know, pipe smoking community and kind of in the culture at large. That's one of the things I really love about this series in particular is that it allows us to, to, you know, yeah, we can nerd out on, on this particular blend or, you know, this particular pipe style or talk about, you know, the benefits of doing this, that uh, to maintain your pipe. But ultimately like the folks that are out there, like, you know, you mentioned Peacock and like, there's that that in and of itself is actually a, a big benefit <laughs> to the uh, to the pipe community, to uh you know if you're getting photographed to make sure your pipe is with you and that sort of thing. It kind of communicates that we're still here and we uh, still have uh you know uh, significant influence on on the various industries and worlds in which we we serve and operate. Man and and, uh, and
1: also that uh that you know you can smoke a pipe as well. Something like that, just uh, reminding folks that it's. Uh, you know, very much available and approachable and and that kind of thing
0: that's right that's right, that's exactly right well man, I, I really loved it and one of the things i I also love is whenever we get a chance to talk about someone else who really appreciates the uh, the various uh, the various authors from American history as well as the various. Uh, pipe smoking icons throughout the year. And of course I'm talking about our good friends at
1: Missouri Meerschaum. No, that's right, man. Missouri Meerschaum has a great uh, selection of pipes that are very affordable and approachable and of course very high quality and uh, good tasting pipes and pipes to share with your friends and everyday pipes as well. Uh, man, today we're talking about the Charlestown Cobbler corncob pipe, uh, which is available at corncobpipe.com. Charlestown Cobbler, it's a really cool uh, kind of mashup they did with Cornell and Deal out of South Carolina. Really beautiful kind of ruby red stem. That's this dark red uh, acrylic stem Italian uh, bit that they came out with to pair with this nice uh, brandy-shaped pipe and, um, you know, hardwood insert in the bowl. And so uh, just a very high-quality pipe, a handsome pipe, one that does, uh, you might say, peacock just enough to to, uh, put a little edge on it. But, I mean, a very fine piece and a a good seller. You can get it at corncobpipe.com. If you'll go there, uh, you can find it at uh, retails... Uh, for uh, 23 dollars which is uh, very reasonable for the uh, quality of pipe and the size of the bowl and all that, then uh, check it out. Uh, they would be more than happy to send you one straight from Washington, Missouri.
0: Yeah, man. And on top of that, they've got a great, great promotion uh, deal going on at our at Missouri Meersham And uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, it's the 25 Days of Giving promotion. And what you'll want to do is uh, this year, of course, it being very, very difficult. So to help spread some cheer, the good folks at Missouri Meersham are offering a 25 Days of giving giveaway uh from basically uh you know now until the december 24th you can enter for a chance to win a missouri meerschaum prize drawings will be held from december 1st through christmas day and they'll be drawing once daily so you want to enter right now for your chance to win head over to corncobpipe.com that's their website corncobpipe.com to enter in for the 25 days of giving from our good friends at missouri meerschaum
1: Quick with Fire with, fire mom,
2: with,
0: with the squire. squire. Quick Fire Jones. All right, man. quick fire questions. We're continuing those uh, not at all controversial questions from uh, from Eric that we started
1: before Thanksgiving. Uh, are you ready, sir? Oh man, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> all right, Spurgeon or Wesley? I, I'm a Spurgeon guy. I you know Wesley's great, but uh, man, Charles Spurgeon all day long. <laughs> did did Wesley smoke a pipe? Did John Wesley smoke a pipe? You or- know, I, I don't know. I actually doubt it. I I, I think back again. I'm no um, you know. The, theologian, um, I, his, histori- theological
0: historian or anything
1: like that? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not much of a, you know, Wesley expert or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I, I think the early days of, of Methodism was more associated with temperance and things of that nature. So I, I kind of doubt John Wesley smoked a pipe, but I'm not sure. I know Charles Spurgeon was an avid cigar smoker and occasionally would pick up a pipe as well. So uh, See, I kind of feel like you got to go. tip your hat in that direction as a uh, as a good uh, good pipe smoking enthusiast. That's kind of what you got to do. So yeah, so we're gonna go with Spurgeon
0: there. Uh, limited or unlimited atonement?
1: Oh man, um, set your feelings. You I, know it to be true. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm a limited atonement guy, but I don't want to fight about it. Number one, and number two, <laughs> and number two, I, I I have very specific definitions about what that means. And so if mm, you mm. if you think it means something, there's a good chance that that's different from what I think it means. (laughs) That's, yeah, you know, that's that's a great way to frame it. So, So, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, you ask someone if they believe in in dragons and it's like, well, do you believe in dragons? Well, yeah, I believe in dragons. And they're like, what? You believe in dragons? These fictitious, uh, you know, creatures that, you know, fly around and breathe fire and destroy castles? And it's like, Oh, I thought you meant you know something that had four legs and crawled around on the floor and went under the refrigerator and uh, ate cheese. You know, <laughs> it's like we have different definitions of what a dragon is. You know, and so, interesting. Uh, okay, that's it. This is kind of where I'm coming from. So, look you know. at this man. He's he's like like let me let me just
0: dodge over here, dive over here. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. You know, like, we're not we're not we're not gonna not gonna I'm not gonna swing a punch, but I'm not gonna get hit either. That's I, right. got, I got you, man. That's that's good. Uh, yeah, I'll say limited as well. I I too have no desire to fight about it. because um, I'm. Not, and I don't, and like, if, if someone is to disagree, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, That's I'm, great. I'm well past that stage.
1: Yep. So yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, wine or grape juice. Now I will fight about this.
1: Yeah. I, I'm a wine guy at communion yeah. course, is uh, uh, more of a high church, uh, preference, uh, on, on our part. We, uh, we enjoy that, uh, that real leaded, uh, leaded communion wine.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I have read the new and old Testament and have not found Welch's anywhere. Uh okay, <laughs> preservation of the saints, or you can lose your salvation.
1: Um, I, yeah, again, perseverance of the saints. Uh, that's that's very uh kind of important in my own uh you know theological framework and and really daily life framework. I, I uh for me that's just a very um kind of critical um you know theological point. But um but again you know not something I'm willing to. Uh, spend a whole lot of time arguing about if uh, if that's going to be the reason that we can't uh, move on to another topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, no, I, hundred percent, no power of hell nor scheme of man, man. I, I'm I'm absolutely about the uh, perseverance of the saints, and I I won't fight about this, but this one I will. I'm happy to sit down and and really like you know stand strong on with somebody because I think there's a lot of like like a lot of liberation that comes with that a lot of freedom that comes with that
1: yeah um, yeah good and, good way to put it And yeah. encouragement uh, all right then finally uh, I love Virginia this. or East Virginia <laughs> he, he, Eric says Virginia or East Virginia so so the the real Virginia to Eric is what most people would refer to as West Virginia which is interesting um, so I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Virginia. <laughs> okay okay i i
0: i i too will do that because i don't get i don't get it this one this one i, I have no i have no dog in this fight
1: yep hey yeah i my sense is that he's 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 kind of getting a dig on there at the uh, commonwealth of virginia and kind of pulling for west virginia but um yeah I, I don't know that might be that might be wrong i'm just gonna say virginia and i feel like that's a nice blanket statement that uh, won't get me in trouble with anybody <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: Fair enough. All right. Well, there you go. There is our our uh, not at all controversial uh, quickfire questions. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, we didn't we didn't get any hate mail from the first time well, around. The, I think we'll be poor, fine on this one.
1: All the poor non-Christians that are like listening to this that are like, what are they even talking about? Who's a Trial right. Spurgeon? What is an atonement <laughs> like it? And just we appreciate you for being kind enough to uh, put up with. Uh, some of our nerdiness uh, here for a little bit and you can all blame it on Eric who's a good friend of the show
0: <laughs> right that's 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 excellent uh, so yeah there you go thanks Eric for that and hey if you've got quick fire questions for us send them into the show that is uh, show at com. again that's show at com. your thoughts your, your comments. comments listener feedback listener feedback hmm. <laughs> Anyway, this first one is coming in from Kurt. Um, yeah, and Kurt actually wrote in uh, you know, an episode or so ago. Why don't you uh, tell us what uh, Kurt had to say?
1: Yeah, he says, Hi, guys. Apologies if this is the incorrect channel to use in contacting you. Uh, I don't have any social media accounts and uh, to use instead. And Kurt, I'm very jealous that that is the case in your life. God, and I wish that was me. I aspire to be you one day. <laughs> he <laughs> says, uh, A couple of weeks ago, I sent an email thanking you for the work you do on Country Squire Radio, which served as an escape as we uh, prepared for a brain surgery for my son. Uh, for whatever it's worth, I just wanted to write and let you know that the operation yesterday was a success. Uh, unfortunately though, we're not out of the woods yet. It appears that my little son will need some chemotherapy in order to continue, continue treating the tumor in his brain. Uh, it's going to be a tough haul here for a bit, but we will keep pushing forward and I'm tuning into CSR throughout. Uh, thanks to all for any prayers said for our little boy. And that is from Kurt, uh, Kurt Crosby. Well, uh, Kurt, we, uh, number one, I mean, we, we, we are grateful that you, um, man, tuned into the show and and found us and, and are so uh, happy. You know that we've been able to be a little part of of your story. But, um, man, number two, success. You know, most importantly, successful operation uh, for uh, for little uh, Mister Crosby and uh, man, just so so grateful to that or for that. And so uh, praise the Lord, and, and we hope that um, man it, that little man comes through a lot of the treatments. I know it's uh, like you said, a long road ahead, but. Uh, it sounds like he's tough and has a really good support system, and um, and we wish the best for for him and your family. So, man, best wishes.
0: Absolutely, man. Uh, encouraging, but yeah, like you said, not out of the woods, and we'll be thinking and praying for you, man. Yep. Absolutely, uh, man. We also got a uh, iTunes review in. This one is from. Oh, man. You know, these iTunes user handles are sometimes just a bunch of jumbled lovers. <laughs> You're letters. you just to
1: have to say the letters, I think.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there we go.
0: Kivixhan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did Kivixhan have to say? Kivixhan, K-J-V-X-H-N, says, Morta Origins. Hi, I love the podcast. I listen to the Metal Pipe and Olive podcast and would love to hear one about Morta Pipes. I looked through the podcast and didn't see one, but I think it would make a very interesting podcast topic. Keep up the good work, and that's. From uh, a bunch of consonants that we can't, <laughs> yeah, I do believe we've done a Morta episode before. That's in that first hundred uh, episodes. Uh, oh, I, yeah, huh. I, I think I think there is one back in the day, and uh, Morta would be a good one to revisit. It's a, a you know a, certainly a. Uh, pipe making material that's uh, fascinating and uh, you know has some story to it, has some uh, complexity to it. It's expensive and uh, hard to work, and and smokes very uniquely. Uh, I think it'd be good to uh, uh, good to revisit there if folks aren't familiar with uh, with that as a pipe material. Yeah, that's
0: good. You know, we occasionally we do get these kind of requests for episodes that that we've done before, but it has been literally like you know, almost a decade, like, like in, it may be worth going back and, and, and like you say, doing an episode on, I just wondered if, if we do this and when we do these episodes, should that be almost kind of like a series unto itself? Kind of like a, like a, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I hate to pretend as though we never covered it. Before. Revisiting
1: the past kind of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's also not like a replay of an episode because ideally, you know, we're bringing in some newer information. Yeah, we're kind yeah
1: of, sure. We're, also, we're
0: revisiting a topic with, you know, you now have additional years of knowledge and can kind of speak more you yeah. know, intuitively on it. And then also, just there's also a depth of industry expertise that, frankly, you have today that you didn't have back then. I mean, mm-hmm. you had what you had back then, but now you're you're John David Cole, you're on the Mount Rushmore of Pice from Mississippi. <laughs> like it's,
1: <laughs> yeah. Mount Rushmore, we're in like the I don't know the the kitty kitty pool, of the park or something. I, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's
0: it's it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Uh, but anyway, so uh, something uh, something to think about for sure. And uh, great suggestion there, man. Let's uh, let's also do this with this Jim in Virginia uh, who wrote in. He said, love this show. These guys quickly have become pals. Happy to uh, support this fine show. And Jim, thank you so much for supporting the show both through your uh, iTunes review and of course for everyone who is able to support the show through the country squire radio international pipe club. If you haven't done so already head over to patreoncom slash country squire radio where you can become a supporter of the show there. Uh, man, also, you know, I, I failed to mention this at the top of the show, but we, we want to make sure people know we are getting close to the end of the year, which means we're getting close to our best of series. And if you've not done so yet, go over to CountrySquireRadio.com and nominate your choices for who is the best of 2020 in the pipe world. We've got great categories there for pipe accessories, pipe carvers, products, people. Uh, You can find all the information there. And by the way, just as an additional reminder, when we're asking for the best of products... We're specifically looking for new products that entered into the market on 2020. So, really excited to see what y'all's nominations are, and to announce the winners here at the very tail end of the year, of which is, like I said, fast approaching. Coming quick, absolutely, man. Of course, you can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow uh, me. I'm at the Real Bo York. I'm at
1: John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire.
0: At Squire Radio is the show's handle, but all that information and more can be found at Country Squire Radio com. Well, man, we uh did did we make our peace with Faulkner? I think we did.
1: I, I think did- I think we did. You know, there's uh, always more to be said about someone as interesting and uh, prolific as him. But uh, yeah, I I think we did him some justice. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's time to pick up. Uh, um, you know, the sound and the fury again and see if I can stomach a few, a uh, few, four pen, four page sentences.
0: <laughs> yeah. Actually, do you even know what making one's peace with Faulkner is? I don't, I don't think that I'm supposed to, and I do know what that means, but I'm, I don't think I'm supposed to know. So for those that know and are offended by the fact that I just said that because I'm not supposed to know, I'm not going to say how I know, but I know. Well, now I'm curious. With, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and with that, let's go have a day. See your brother.